Welcome back to Defeat the Darkness. This is Vivian L. Miller. I'm here with CJ Jones, my friend Cheryl. And we're going to get into some things that I think sometimes Christians don't know how to apply the Word of God. They read it. They understand it. They remember it. They memorize it. But I'm not sure they know how to apply it. So we're going to talk about implying the Word of God in, in a way that I hadn't really thought about until the Lord kind of quickened me to it. Welcome, Cheryl. Thank you. It's good to be here. Good to have you. I missed you when we couldn't get together for a couple of weeks there. But yeah, I missed you too. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, what started my thinking about this subject was that I was talking to somebody, and I don't remember who it was, but you ha- you have a you have a son he's grown i have a son who's grown but when they're little there are times when you have to enforce who you are mm-hmm. that you're the mom and it's going to go the way you say it's going to go whether they like it or not right and as they get older little boys are cute and they're tiny but they grow up boys grow up and usually end up being bigger than, than their moms both of our sons are quite a bit bigger than we are Mm-hmm. And if you remember back, you're you're having to go back in your memory isn't as long as mine is as far as when they get to be, they have that big growth spurt and they're 16, 17 years old, maybe 15 years old, depending on when that growth spurt hits. Right. And all of a sudden they're a foot and a half taller than you are. Right. <laughs> and they're trying and you're trying to tell them to do something and they're like, I'm bigger than you. You can't make me. Uh-huh. And the Lord kind of re- kind of quickened me. But that's how the devil is. Hmm. Right. Okay. And he, he tries to intimidate and say, I'm bigger than you. You can't make me. <laughs> right. The difference between your child doing that and the devil doing that is, well, in both cases, really, you have the Lord on your side. And he's given you every weapon, every tool you need to put him under your feet. Absolutely. My when I was first born again, I had grown up in a denomination that didn't know, didn't talk about being born again. I didn't wasn't born again. Didn't understand the spirit realm at all. Even as a child, I was already starting to understand there was the spirit realm, but my church didn't teach it. And I remember when I first got born again and first started getting on, on, you know, the uncompromised word, my spiritual mother was a, a, a woman of color from, from the state of Mississippi who was paid by the state of Mississippi to leave the state because Mississippi at that time didn't want educated people of color in their state. She was paid by the state to leave. Mm, wow. She was three hours away from her doctorate when I met her. And she was trying to explain to me one day about enforcing the word and and how necessary it was to enforce the word. And the way she used, the way she, the Lord had her illustrate this to me was, we were sitting outside in, in front of her house and she had a, a, a one of those redwood picnic benches, the real heavy ones. Right, yeah. In front of the house. And she was on one side of the, of the, the picnic table and I was on the other. And she said, I want you to, for a moment to just pretend that I'm the devil. And I said, okay. And she says, you're standing in faith and I'm trying to keep you from getting what you're believing for. And I said, okay. 
She says, put your hand on the table. I said, okay. She said, this table represents what you're believing for and you're needing a breakthrough. And she started pushing that table towards me. I had two choices. I could let myself get squished <laughs> or I could push back. And since she had already told me that she was, we were pretending she was the devil, I pushed back. Right. So both of us are pushing this picnic table, exerting pressure against this redwood picnic table until finally I pushed enough that it moved in her direction. And she says, remember that, because that's exactly what you have to do with the enemy. You have to make him let go. That's right. You do. And I've never forgotten that. And when I was asking the Lord what we were supposed to talk about today, he reminded me of that. And he says, remember when Joe had you do that? And I said, yeah. And then he gave me, he gave me, reminded me of one of my favorite scriptures. I actually go through this every day as one of my scriptures that I confess. And Hebrews 10, verse 23, we've talked about words in the past. And verse 23, it says, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. Hold fast indicates that you're not going to just continue saying it, but you're going to be diligent about it. Holding fast is different than taking hold of something exactly yes so you have to be diligent with your mouth and then going over to verse 35 it says cast not away therefore your confidence which has great recompense of reward we talked about last time about how you can get discouraged and let go of something that you've been standing for mm -hmm. and we talked about what a waste of time that is if you've been in, you know invested a decade into believing for something and then you just let it go you don't get it right right you don't well it says cast not away therefore your confidence for this great recompensive report verse, verse 36 for you have need of patience that after you've done the will of God you might receive the promise okay and that doing the will of God is standing in faith expecting him to be faithful because he will be faithful it may not come when you want it right it may not look exactly how you thought it was going to look but he's always faithful and then the part that mm -hmm. always grabs me when i when i confess this and sometimes i'm confessing it to myself you know when i'm doing something else that just comes out of my mouth now the just shall live by faith but if any draw back my soul shall have no pleasure in him that's really strong. Yes. If we draw back, he has no pleasure in us. Now, the, the soul, from our perspective, is the mind, the will, and the emotions. Mm -hmm. So that tells me he's 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 upset when we draw back. And verse thirty-six. But we are not of them who draw back into perdition. Perdition is destruction. Mm -hmm. But we are of them who believe to the saving of the soul. Again, that word soul, the mind, the will, and the emotions. All right. So I started thinking about this and I started thinking about the fact that to the natural, people don't understand what we're actually doing. The people around us who are not like-minded and we were all surrounded by many people who are not like-minded. Yes. If we tried to explain it to them, they wouldn't get it. Right. And I thought about 
when I was a kid and I'd watch, you know, a 007 movie or there was a movie called Secret Agent Man. I mean, I'm dating myself, but it was a TV show. Called <laughs> I remember. And, and, I, and I can hear the theme running in my head as I'm saying this, but people didn't know what they were really doing. They appeared to be mild-mannered, you know, like Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter, just everyday average Joe. Mm-hmm. But they were on a mission. Right. And nobody really knew what that mission was until the end comes you know the end of the show or the end of the movie you find out all the particulars that's how we are because a lot of the things that we as believers are doing is we're doing things behind the scenes exactly and people will give other men or women credit for something that happens but in reality it was the favor of god working on my behalf or on your behalf to cause them to change their mind about how they do things. That's true. That's true. I mean, the favor of God's a powerful thing. And when you have it on your life, you know, um, what is that that, uh, was it, wasn't it uh, Jerry Savelle who said, you know, the favor of God changes um, rules, laws and rules. Yeah. Laws on my behalf that exactly so it's it's powerful what the what the favor of god can do for you in any situation i've had i've been i've been like returning something in the store and had the person say to me i'm not supposed to do this but and i'd say to them no no no. if you're going to get in trouble don't no no it's okay this is what we need to do that's awesome and they don't know why they're doing it Right. <laughs> they they have no clue. Them, if it's gonna if it's gonna cause a problem for you, don't do it. And they're like, no, 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 it's a, it's fine. And I, that's happened to me more than once. Right. Not because I'm trying. I'm I haven't tried to wheedle anything out of anybody. Yeah. I bought it. I had to buy a new coffee maker um, last Sunday because mine gave up the ghost. <laughs> And I went to the store, and because the water is so hard here, I don't want to spend hundreds of dollars on a coffee maker because it's not worth it. There's the water is too hard, and it only ha- it has a shorter life. Most of them, the natural, just because of the hard water, even if you clean it regularly, which I did on my previous one. And I ha- I got home, and one of the parts was missing. Or I thought one of the parts was missing. And I went back to the, I tried to get the store to just set aside that part for me. And they said, we can't do that. You have to bring it back. So I had to package it back up and carry it back down the stairs and go back to the store. And the lady at the counter was so nice. She said, have a seat. I'll take care of it. She went in the back. She was gone for a long time. You know what she was doing? What's that? Opening up coffee makers to ensure that she found one with all the parts in it. Wow. Did she have to do that? No. Nope. I told her I wanted to make sure all the parts were there before I left. I figured she'd bring it to the front and we would look at it together. No. She was going through until she found one with all the parts. And then she came and apologized to me because she tried to get back in the box and she couldn't. I said, oh, the trick is you can't put the cord in. in you can't put it in this little thing. You have to leave the cord out. She goes, really? So she we redid it and she left it. She goes, oh, you're right. Leave the cord out and it's fine. <laughs> All of that to say, 
it was because I had prayed when, when I got home and found that the coffee maker didn't have all the parts. I prayed and said, Lord, I want favor and I want this to go very smoothly and I, I need a new coffee maker. I don't want to order one and have to wait for one to be delivered. And the ones that I found online, the one I found was the exact model, but an improved model of what I had before with the K-cups. Right. Well, the first one, it cost me $35. This one cost me $37. $37 versus $500. Hmm, let's see. What do I want to do? <laughs> and you see what I'm saying? And it's mm -hmm. something simple, but it's because of using that secret agent ability that I have. <laughs> right, exactly. It is. It's because she yeah. didn't know what I did. Right, she did. I didn't. I didn't have to tell her what I did. Uh huh. I was. I was. When you know, you know that uh, I'm still working in the in the the work realm, and I had a, a bonus that was supposed to be given on my last check, and I thought it looked short to me, so I said to my boss, "This is what I see. This is. Would you check and double check what what's in there because it looks short to me." And he came back and said, well, this is what it has. And, and I said, and I realized that I missed this particular metric by very small percentage, less than 2%. But I still, it still looked short to me. And so he told me and I said, okay, fine. You know what I found out yesterday? Oh, what's that? What happened? I was supposed to get that other bonus. The metrics were messed up and I was supposed to get that other bonus. And myself and several other people were all shorted. So he made sure they went to the higher ups and they made sure that they fixed what, what the problem was in the metrics. And they're giving me that bonus on this coming check. Oh, awesome. Praise God. And then there we go. That's the favor of God. There you go. Just right there. Just because when, just I, when you think I that I thought I was shorted, I used Proverbs 6, 30, 31. Do not despise a thief if he's still to satisfy his soul when he's hungry, but he be found. He should restore sevenfold. I said, devil, I want my sevenfold because I believe I was supposed to get that. And you did. And you did. I got, you got the it. first full. I didn't get the other six. <laughs> well. But he coughed up what belonged to me. Right. I haven't forgot about the rest of it because I'm not letting him get away with it so cheap. <laughs> I wouldn't either. But do you see what I'm saying? This is this is the thing. This is what the word talks repeatedly about us being in the army of the Lord, and people don't take that seriously. That's true. They don't. I don't think they understand what it means. Actually, it's, they don't understand what it means. We are in a war zone, not in the natural, in the spirit. We are in a war zone. We have an right. enemy that is bent on our failure, bent exactly. on our destruction. Yes, he is. And it doesn't matter whether you did something to him or not. The fact that you exist to remind him of God when he looks at you, that's enough. That's all it takes. Mm -hmm. And especially when you're, when you become a major threat to him, mm -hmm. you know, so... As long as you're not doing anything to upset his kingdom and his rule, he's fine. He'll leave you alone. Right. But I know from from what I know, my books are a very big threat to him. I I 
am 100. I mean, I, I agree with you 100% on that because I've seen him over the last several years that I've known you. How he try, how he has come in and he has done everything within his power to stop your books from getting to where they need to be. Mm-hmm. But I have also seen God mm-hmm. open doors that the devil has not been able to shut. Right. And so, he's not de- God is not done yet. Absolutely not. Books. Absolutely because, not. Because the, the more I see in the natural what is going on around us, the more I know that this is the time for my books. It is the time for your books. I mean, it's the perfect time for your books. When you, you look around and you see not just in the natural, but in the in the spirit where things are happening. And people are I, ill-prepared. They are. And I, I, I tell people all the time when I'm talking about you and I'm talking about your books, if you would read those books, you know, if you would get a hold of one of those books and just read it, you know, go to go to Amazon and, and, and get it there or go to Barnes and Noble and get it there. But you've got to read the book. If you're not sure about how to what's happening in the spirit or how to handle it in the spirit, that is a that is to me textbook on how to how to deal with spiritual issues and how to handle the spirits and the, the devil and how to really give him a good kick in the teeth. So I promote your books too. Don't don't think I don't. <laughs> I appreciate that. And the thing of it is, is that it's yes, we know he's a defeated foe. The problem is he's like a spoiled brat. There comes a point we were talking about. We're mentioning our sons in the beginning of the of the the podcast. Mm-hmm. There came a time with with Cam, and there came a time with Brian when I had to say enough is enough. And swat him on the behind. Right. Because you had to make him do what he was supposed to do. Mm -hmm. Well, that's what the enemy. He will not let go just by you saying, okay, I know you're there, devil. Let go. He doesn't care. Not in the least. (laughs) I have people, I have seen people in churches scream at the devil, tell him to go to hell. They're not using the tools God gave us to use. Right, exactly. If I say to you, I need this jar open, and you say, okay, give me the jar, and I stand there and hold the jar and say, I need the jar open, Cheryl. (laughs) And you say. I say, give me the jar. Yes, Cheryl, I need the star open. Don't you hear me? <laughs> yes, but I need you to give me the jar. But I want you to open this. I will. Give me the jar. That's what people do with God. Yeah, you're right. They go to God and complain about it, and he says, use my word. Every piece of armor is offensive, not defensive. Right, exactly. More people need to understand that. We are on the offense because we are in a war with principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness of this world and spiritual wickedness in the high places. We will not win unless we force them to let go. That's true. We have to be offensive. Yeah, we have to be offensive. And I don't want to get into what's happening right now in the natural 
that's I don't want to get into political whatever but if you look just to look around you regardless of where you're listening to this from you will see examples of people rising up saying I we've had enough it's it's happening and right. as Christians we need to do that in with our own personal yeah with we need to do that with the devil and what's happening in our lives and if we don't then he's gonna continue to be one of those what we call tyrannical uh right. yeah he's gonna he, ride rest shot over us because he's a rebellion a rebel mm-hmm. my spiritual mom the same one who gave who gave me that example with the picnic table she used to say i'm a rebel and i'd say you're a rebel she'd go yeah i'm a rebel i rebel against the devil every chance i get i like that because you have to there's exactly. no other way you can he will not just let go he is he is drunk with power and the more the people um yield to the fear the more power he has right and he's not going to let go of that power unless you force him exactly but he under he knows that so many christians don't understand the power and authority that they have correct so he's able to do whatever he wants because, because we don't know how to stop him correct exactly I, my, I, my whole journey as a as a born again believer dealing with warfare and dealing with spiritual authority began when i had right at, not shortly after that picnic table incident um i had volunteered at a tv station on a prayer line and i went walked into the prayer line for my shift my volunteer shift one day and there was a guy who had just come back like the day before two days before from a deliverance service and he said it was so as i'm walking into the room he says yeah it was really it was really um creepy because the demon spoke out of this guy's mouth and said um he laughed real real you know evil laugh and said you stupid christians don't know the power you have now i believe <laughs> i believe that 100 because and you know. that that deliverance service from what he had said had gone on for six or eight hours at that point oh wow which is far too long mm-hmm. because the christians that were doing it didn't understand that all they had to do was speak in faith and he he would be would have been forced to leave long before that if they had known what to do right and that and- when i heard that that comment that came from the demon by this guy in the prayer line that made me so angry i was so angry i couldn't i didn't even know what i know now about the tools we have and the power that we have and the weapon we have i didn't know any of that all i knew was that inside my spirit and i real i realized much later that that was righteous anger it was the lord being angry but i was so angry when i heard that comment you stupid christians don't know the power you have Mm-mm. and i thought well i'm not going to have a devil ever say that to me exactly that's that is infuriating <laughs> it it was and it really angered me so that's what started this whole journey and that was back in 1986 i want to say probably august or september of 1986 
I never forgot that comment that he made. It just, it just, even now thinking about it, it makes me angry at the enemy because he will only take advantage where he can. Exactly. And we, if we give him that ability to do it, you know, not by not knowing who we are, not knowing our power, not knowing our authority, as we have said many times. Yes, exactly. And that's something that, that, uh, we need to, to spend more time, you know, particularly, particularly me, I've really began to study and, and, and you're a big reason for that, you know, because I hear you talking all the time and (laughs) (laughs) you talk to me when we have just private conversations and we talk a lot about, you know, words and authority and applying the word of God and the weapons of our, you know, all, all our weapons that we have at our disposal. So it's really pressed me to really start learning about them on a deeper level. You know, I thought I knew them before, but when I have someone like you who is really rooted in, in the word and you know what you're talking about and you really do. So I, I, I take what you say and I don't want you to think that it ever falls on deaf ears because it does not. So I take <laughs> that, that what you say. Yeah, but I, I, I take what you say and I, I study it, I apply it. And honestly, I have grown more in the last, you know, few years, just having you there to kind of guide me to where I wasn't sure of where I was going or what I needed to do. Because I've come to you a lot. And I've yeah. asked you, what Over is your opinion? Years. Over the years, yes. And I said, I've asked you your opinion on things. And one thing that I that I, I can always count on is that you're not going to give me a piece of advice. You're going to give me the word. So I dig into that. And I hold on to that. And I anchor to that. But it's forced me to grow in areas that I was not as mature as I thought I was. Mm-hmm. So... Over the last couple of years, anyway, I've learned to, to to use the word and pray the word and apply the word and stand with the word. Mm-hmm. And, and, he, and it's the one thing he's scared of. The exactly. He's so scared of the word because he is bound by the same spiritual laws that are in this book. Right. And it makes a difference. It makes a huge difference when you when you know how to do that. Mm-hmm. It does. It's, it's night and day. It is. It is completely night and day. But when you when you learn how to do it and you, you are consistent in doing so, it changes everything. You know, Fred Price, he's gone on to he's gone off to be with the Lord. But Fred Price, one of the things I learned about Fred learned from Fred Price and I've never forgotten it was he used what he called the flip flop method of reading a scripture. He'd read the scripture the way it was, and then he'd say, what does it not say? What's the, what's the, the reciprocal of what that says? Because what the devil does is he uses the reciprocal against us. Right. So for instance, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful to promise. Well, what does it not say? It, it, it says hold fast, but what if we don't hold fast? Then, if we don't hold fast the profession of our faith and we waver, there's no faithfulness of the promise because there's no promise. Exactly. Then nothing yeah. happens. Right. 
That's true. Well, you know, it's like we were saying. When we... When we learn to use our authority. And we learn to use the word. And we do what the word says. It's, it's a whole different... It's a whole new world. It's a whole new realm. And there's excitement to it because you know that you're guaranteed the answer. Exactly. You're guaranteed. Exactly. It's not going to be maybe he will and maybe he won't. It's this is what his word says. And this is what's going to happen. And you know? this is what's going to happen. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm a Lord quickened me while you were talking to Ephesians 6 16. Okay. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith we are able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. What are the fiery darts? What are they? Let's yeah. let's talk about that. Yeah, let's talk about that. Because not everybody has, has put those things together. Hang on a second there. Let me find it. Um, James 3, 5. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. Behold how great a matter a little fire kindles. Wow. And the tongue is a fire, a yes. world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature and is set on fire of hell. What are the fiery darts? <laughs> awesome. What are the fiery darts? The shield of faith quenches right. the fiery darts. What are the fiery darts? Their words. You're right. The tongue has the fiery darts. Whether it be the tongue of the enemy speaking in your head, mm -hmm. or whether it be your tongue saying things that go against where the Lord wants you to be. Right. Or the tongue of your family and friends that are trying to talk you out of your faith. Exactly. Thinking they're trying to protect you. Don't build your hope up, Cheryl. Oh, I can't tell you how many times I've heard that in my life. I can't tell you how many times <laughs> I've heard that either. But the thing of it is, is faith works by love. Faith, hope, and love. Mm -hmm. Faith, um, faith is the, is the, um, Hope is the is the is the target. Faith is the arrow. Love is the bow. That's Can good stuff. That again. Yes, one more time. Faith is the faith, Hebrews eleven one says faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. If you picture a bow and arrow and the target. Hope is the target. That's the picture of where you want your faith to accomplish. Right. Faith is the arrow that goes to that target to mm -hmm. bring it into the natural. Right. Love is the bow that causes that faith to go to the target. Okay, got that. Now abides these three, faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love. Without that bow, how are you going to get the arrow to the target? Not very easily. <laughs> You're not. No. You can try tossing it there, but it's not going to stick. Right. <laughs> that's a whole other subject, but that's what people, Christians will get into little 
you know, spats into strife with with other Christians, and they don't recognize their their bow is thrown on the ground somewhere. Right. Yeah. The Lord gave me that years ago. That hope was the target, faith was the bu- was the arrow, and love is the bow. That's pretty awesome. I like that. Mm-hmm. I, I have to remember think that because it, it's been a while since you gave it to me, huh? So I don't have to try to remember that. Yeah, you might want to write it down because, like I said, he gave it to me years ago, and you notice I stopped when I was starting to say it because I had to think about what he told me. He said you must have that bow strong and in and ready to go pull it back pull that arrow back and then put it right to where you're hoping you're where you, the thing you're hoping for and when those things unite you can't be stopped exactly amen to that and the enemy hates that oh gosh yes he hates that that's why he worked so hard to get people in strife because that way their, their agreement is lost. If, if you and I are in agreement and I get in strife with somebody, our agreement is, is off, the, off the table until I repent. Right. Exactly, that's so true. You and I are in agreement and you, and you get offended at somebody and I don't know you've been offended and I'm standing thinking you're standing with me and we're not. Oh, that's a horrible feeling. It is a horrible feeling. But the, people have to understand the subtlety of the enemy. It talks about that in, in, in Genesis, how the, the serpent was more subtle than all the other creatures. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's true. The biggest deception is I don't exist. Right. And if right. He, he's no enemy and he doesn't exist, then why, am I, why do I have to do anything? I can, just, I can just say, okay, God, do whatever you want. Your will be done, whatever. But that's a passive position. And we are Mm -hmm. in the army of the Lord. Right. We are not supposed to be passive. We're supposed to be offensive. Right. We're secret agents. (laughs) We are. We are. That is true. You're right. Absolutely. Why these things happen to us. And the part and the interesting part of it is, is that, you know, you know how secret agents aren't allowed to tell you what they're doing or tell you what the mission is. Correct. So we as Christians also sometimes should not be telling other people what the mission is. Right. Or what God has given you to do. I learned a long time ago. I don't draw other people's unbelief by telling them what I'm dealing with. Right. Exactly. And that's why. That's why I was saying that, you know, because their unbelief unbelief could hinder you. Can can hinder you and mess up your your harvest. Exactly. I don't I don't go on social media and tell somebody every time I have a booboo belly. (laughs) (laughs) Or have a bad day or whatever. I don't do that. Yeah. Because I don't want to draw somebody else's unbelief. Right. For all you know, they might you might be praying for healing, and they're praying, "Well, Lord, if it's her time, let her go." Yeah, exactly. And there's no agreement. Exactly. So it's not always not always wise to tell people. I mean, even though you you may want agreement, you may want them to be praying for you, but 
but and that's that, not where you are. Yeah, that's there's a time and a place for that, you know. But um, if they're not in the same same space that you are, the same place that you are spiritually, then it's it's really not gonna not gonna help anything, and no. it could hinder. It could very much hinder. I think we had that conversation in private one time recently about when I told you that when I need agreement, I ask the Lord, who is my agreeer for this particular thing? Yes. And sometimes it might be you. Sometimes Mm -hmm. it might be Ruth. Sometimes it might be Brian. Sometimes it's nobody but Jesus. Right. It just depends on what it is. Yeah. Because I'm not going to put, I could just agree, have somebody agree with me who doesn't understand what needs to happen. Right. And that's a lesson that I, I had to learn the hard way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've learned it the hard way too. So, but I've yeah, it the hard way because I always thought you could run to people in your church and have them agree with you and it'd be fine. And I learned, not if you want the results you're you're believing for. No, exactly. Yeah, yeah. you can't just tell anybody. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. So. Yeah, and, and if people will give you in a situation of life and death, people will say, oh, I'm so sorry. They don't understand the power of their words. Do you know right. what the word sorry means? What's that? Sorrow, discouragement, depression, defeat. Mm-hmm. And if I say I'm sorry, I'm saying all of that with that one word. No, that's a, that's a powerful a powerful uh, thought there. <laughs> if you have, look it up, and I can't do it right now because we're on the podcast, but look it up yeah. in the in the, um, the word sorry in the uh, Webster's 1828. It will be an eye-opener for you. Yeah, and that reminds me that several years ago, when we, before we actually, I mean, we were working at the same the same place, but I hadn't come on to your team yet and I think I had said that one time told somebody oh I'm sorry and they said never use the word sorry yeah you know and they they didn't really give me that big of an explanation as to why not but over the years I've come to understand you know that what you it matters what you say and how you say it hang on a second I'm looking it up I just Lord quicken me Sorry, the first definition, first number one definition is greed for the loss of good, some good paired with some evil that has happened to oneself or friends or country. It does not ordinarily imply severe grief, but rather slight or transient regret. It may be, however, and often used to express deep grief. We are sorry to lose the company of those we love. We are sorry to lose friends, property. The second the second definition is melancholy or dismal. The third definition is poor, mean, vile, worthless. Mm, wow. Coarse complexions or cheeks of a sorry grain. Mm. I've had all the sorrow in my life that I want. I'm exactly. Not call <laughs> sorrow to my life. Right. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> That's intense. It is. It is. So. Well, I will go ahead and let you go about your business. Um, 
it's been really this has been much deeper than I expected it to go right and longer than I expected it to go but yeah. that's okay because this is the Lord's doing and it is marvelous in my eyes amen so if you haven't checked out my books you can go to amazon.com and look up Vivian L. Miller you can go to vivianlmiller.com and there are links to get my books from Nation of, uh, Women of, uh, Nation of Women Publishers or um, Amazon. You can go to Barnes & Noble and get my, my book, Reflections of the Heart. That's the only one that's on Barnes & Noble. But in the meantime, be blessed, walk in victory, and defeat the darkness. We'll talk to you next time.